Welcome to Med Jabber and Jabber Talks, where medical device and life sciences experts come to collaborate. And now, here's your host, Eric Keeler. Cardiovascular disease accounts for 30% of all deaths globally, and one in three deaths in the U.S., and more than half of all deaths across Europe. Acute coronary syndromes, which include heart attack and unstable angina, are responsible for almost half of all the deaths worldwide related to cardiovascular disease. Today, we'll be talking with Kelly Donato, Director of Institutional Sales, specializing in cardiovascular for AstraZeneca. Kelly began her career in nursing after obtaining her BSN. Her early positions included ER nurse and cath lab nurse, which laid the clinical foundation for the sales career she embarked upon. Her sales career has always been cardiovascular related and always had an upward trajectory. She started out in specialty pharmaceutical sales, progressing to cardiac rhythm device sales to where she is now in her current position. She currently leads cardiovascular teams and institutional sales covering the Midwest. Today we'll be talking about the business of medicine and without further ado let's welcome Kelly to the talk. Welcome Kelly and welcome to your first Jabber Talk. Thanks Eric, happy to be here. Good, good. So let's just start this out. Um, we're going to talk about the business of medicine today and uh, because you've been in the industry quite a while and uh, that, I'd, I'd like to get to how you've seen some of the changes over the years. Changes in cardiology or changes in medicine in general? Changes in medicine in general, and then we'll get in directly into the cardiology portion of it. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, there's been quite a few changes in medicine. It's gotten to be a lot more individualized care. Obviously, when people think of changes in medicine, the first thing that they tend to think of is Obamacare, um, as you probably know. Right. I uh, I think with patients, there's been a lot of opportunities. People are living longer. There's been new develop and innovative therapies, both in medicines and devices. So it's been rather exciting, actually. Okay, great. So, um, so what do you what do you say the 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 state of the the state of the industry is now? If you were to uh, put a uh, as positive a spin as you could put on it, well, I think um, it, there's a lot of want for new advances in medicine in all the therapeutic areas. There's a lot of good research going on in almost every therapeutic area from, you know, oncology to cardiology, respiratory, um, and just everyday medicine. So I think, you know, it's an exciting time with the way technology has advanced as well with the different devices that we have available to treat patients and treat their both chronic and acute diseases and conditions. It's actually kind of an exciting time in medicine. Great. So... So can you, you know, can, can you give me some specifics? I, I know you're you're specialized in the cardiovascular area. Can you give give me some specific exciting things that you happen uh, see happening industry wide? Maybe not specifically AstraZeneca, but specifically industry industry wide. Yeah, I think there's there's getting to be some um, 
you know, medicines that are being created, you know, you look at oncology in particular, there's medicines that are being created that are actually curing cancer, which gets to be exciting. And, and with cardiology, they're really making some advances in the treatment of heart failure, which is such a chronic condition and tends to be a thorn in everybody's side because of the high readmission rates. Um, in the device world, you know, the way they manage heart failure, for example, and and from even, you know, six years ago where we were able to measure how much fluid was accumulating in uh, an individual's lungs to try and alleviate some symptoms and prevent them from being rehospitalized, they're able to pick up the symptoms even quicker um, now with some of those. So, you know, with artificial ventricular assist devices that are now, you know, portable, people are able to walk around and be more mobile. Um, that's kind of some of the exciting things, along with, of course, we got the artificial valves, um, both the, you know, aortic and the mitral valve studies that are currently going on. So kind of some fun stuff in cardiology. Uh, yeah, sounds like it. So, so you mentioned the Affordable Care Act earlier, Obamacare. Uh, could you tell me, uh, in the last few years, how, how have you seen that uh, affect your whole industry? You know, it, it's really affected the industry a lot on, uh, you know, I think more, um, a little bit more of a negative light at times. I think there are definitely some pros and cons associated with Obamacare, with the pros being that um, people with pre-existing conditions are able to get insurance. Although with the mandate and the higher taxes and the, the low, it has really forced down the reimbursement rates for physicians that... Um, with the time and energy they put into individualized care of each patient, they tend to be getting paid less and less, which tends to um, add some negativity to the medical field. Yeah, I imagine it does. So tell me, your your title is the Director of Institutional Sales. What What is that? <laughs> yes. So... Institutional Director, um, I kind of work with uh, various hospitals in the North Central region, um, in the cardiovascular field um, for AstraZeneca, you know, coordinating the efforts of our teams in those uh, institutions. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, and we talked, we talked earlier too, that you, you tend to, uh, one of your major goals is to partner with companies uh, to improve patient care. Can you tell mm -hmm. me how you how you approach that? Yeah, so you know the whole the whole goal of any company in the industry obviously is to reduce hospitalization and improve patient care. So it's it's I think the goal of industry and in any rep that's in uh, sales or from a clinical perspective is really to have that conversation with physicians to to see what their their pain point is and what their um, need is to keep people out of the hospital. Um, and sometimes that may be um, therapies and medications that, you know, you're able to deliver with, and sometimes it's different medical devices. But it's all about with, you know, kind of touching back on the whole reimbursement issue with the reimbursement rates getting to be much lower for patients that are in the hospital. It, it tends to be about keeping everybody out of the hospital, um, which, you know, is the best thing for the patient. And, and how can you do that and help them live um, longer? Um, happier, healthier 
lives. And some of that's with, you know, being on top of the, the studies and the data and, and the new therapies and treatments that are available out there in any therapeutic area. You know, there's a lot of patients that cross over between disease states where you could have a, you know, a cardiology patient that's also a diabetic patient or an oncology patient or a, you know, a bad asthma patient. And so it's, you know, kind of coming together from all fronts to take care of the patient. Yeah, it seems, uh, well, I guess we could look at that as a positive too, that, uh, that uh, it's, uh, I don't know, does it, does it take, is it, you know, reading between the line here, is it taking the profit out of it for the hospital? So, it makes it difficult to to do that, or is it challenging? No, it, go ahead. Yeah, they're still they're still getting their profit. I'm sure. I know. Um, you know, with patients living longer, and we're we're finding diseases and finding conditions sooner um, in some of these patients. So so they're getting. I think with different procedures, whether it be cardiology, cath procedures, and so forth. Um, more and more physician groups are getting purchased by hospitals. It tends to be the norm more than anything. So all that testing tends to run through the hospital. Um, so they're getting a reimbursement from that that regard. And it's, you know, with DRG reimbursements and bundled payments that are coming along, they're, they're paid a certain amount for a disease state. And the whole goal is, you know, to keep them out of the hospital. So they tend to make more money if they're able to keep the patients out of the hospital. How is it from the company standpoint, or the device standpoint, or the drug standpoint? Are they having to readjust their approach as far as R and D and that type of thing to address yeah. the whole situation? Yeah, there's always, you know, there's always uh, new developments going on and new research studies happening. Whether it's, you know, physicians that have come up with the idea for the device or the the pharmaceutical agent, um, or it's um, a, a new molecule that was discovered in research uh, to cure a new um, disease state or to make improvements on an old age drug that is currently being used because we haven't had anything else come, in, come along its way, you know. So um, they're, they're ever evolving with the times and some of that does go along with what um, patients or physicians, excuse me, are seeing as their, as their need. Okay. Got it. So you've had a long track record, uh, track record starting out as a, as a as a nurse and working your way up to the leadership position that you're in. I'd like you to talk about just a little bit what what uh, what do you attribute your success to? I think um, my nursing background um, plays a large part of it. Having that understanding of the patient, the patient pathway, and where the physician is coming from. Um, I have always been in the critical care type setting, being predominantly cardiology, but have uh, my hand in uh, emergency medicine and intensive care and critical care and um, as well. And that definitely has led to being able to have those um, clinical conversations with physicians, um, no matter you know what company I've worked with in the past. Um, there's a there's a level of trust that's built there from the beginning because they, you know, believe uh, that I understand their world and understand their day-to-day -day challenges. So respectful of their time and, and their resources that they have um, makes a big difference. 
So in the teams you lead, do you look for those same qualities, or how do you transfer that to uh, your knowledge to, to your, your team like that for somebody that might, might not be a BSN? You know, the, the, the companies do a pretty good job. I've been fortunate to work with some good companies that have hired um, very good people um, that I've been, been able to work with. And it's, you know, it's always a learning process. I think anytime you're part of a team, uh, whatever company you work for or whatever area you're in, being devices or pharmacological, that um, it is always a team approach. And I think trying to build um, the team's clinical knowledge in any area so they have a basic understanding. You're not always able to necessarily in the pharmaceutical world, you know, have some of those conversations with them, but you can at least have an understanding of it. Um, and predominantly, what I like to see in um, individuals is passion for the patient and, and, you know, wanting passion for, you know, the disease state that you're working within and most importantly, passion for the patient because it's kind of the mentality of if you build it, they will come. If you take care of the patient, it's all going to work out. Okay. To, to wrap this up, what, what, what do you... Uh... What have you found the most rewarding part of your career? I think um, I I think the most rewarding is making an impact in patient lives, no matter what I've been providing or promoting, uh, you know, whatever resources I've or uh, products I've had or sold, you know, in the medical device world, when I worked in uh, placement of defibrillators, it was great to see that, you know, you're actually saving lives, um, preventing death, you know, and, and helping people live longer, healthier lives. So I think that's always important. Uh, I think being able to connect with physicians or staff of any level that all have the same objective in mind, um, you know, helps you fulfill your day um, and make it enjoyable. You know, developments in uh, cardiac care and, and cardiac, cardiovascular medicine have always intrigued me. Like I said, it's ever-changing. I do go to a lot of the major medical conferences, and it's um, it's fun and gets me excited to see all the new therapies that are in the pipeline and, and the direction that they're going to take care of these cardiology patients. Okay, great. So we're going to, with that, we're going to, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up today, Kelly, for your first Jabber talk. But uh, uh, we I'm gonna reserve the right to to call you back again and and talk with you some more, maybe on some different subjects. That's so. great. This concludes today's Jabber Talk, and as a reminder, if you prefer to listen to this and future podcasts on iTunes, we're also available there. And make sure to leave us a good rating. been listening to med jabber and jabber talks if you like what you just heard tell your friends to go to medjabber.com and subscribe until next time we wish a life of freedom contribution and satisfaction